0: Hi, my name is Matthew Bellisario. Welcome to Catholic Champion Podcast. Today's episode, we're going to cover the second precept of the Catholic Church, which is going to confession at least once a year. We're going to go a little bit in-depth on the sacrament of confession, because some people in today's world, with the culture that we live in, seem to think that sin is not uh, anything that's serious, and they neglect to go to confession many times, thinking that their sins aren't uh, serious or that they don't need to go to a priest uh, to confess, which, as we know, the Catholic, teach, the Catholic Church teaches that that is the normative way that we are forgiven of our sins. In the first episode, we talked about the first precept, which was going to Mass and Holy Days of Obligation. We also looked at the foundation of the Church, which all the precepts uh, rest upon. So I think we need to really understand uh, the church and understand that there is a visible church that exists on earth that Christ gave us, which is the Catholic Church. So let's uh, get into the sacrament of confession. The great Saint John Chrysostom once said, Priests have received a power which God has given neither to angels nor to archangels. It was said to them, Whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you shall loose shall be loosed. Temporal rulers have indeed the power of binding, but they can only bind the body. Priests, in contrast, can bind with a bond which pertains to the soul itself and transcends the very heavens. Did God not give them all the powers of heaven, whose sins you shall forgive, he says, they are forgiven them? Whose sins you shall retain, they are retained. The Father has given all judgment to the Son, and now I see the Son placing all his power in the hands of men. They are raised to this dignity as if they were already gathered up to heaven. Those are the words of the great St. John Chrysostom from 387 A.D. on the priesthood. Now we can see that the great saint references um the gospels of Matthew and John in particularly Matthew 10:40 and John 20 uh, 21 through 23 referring to the binding and loosing of sins which as we know that is the same interpretation that the catholic church uses that this great saint uses so it's not an invention in the middle ages as many people uh nowadays like to say this is something that all the early church fathers knew and understood very well. I'd like to use one other example from the other church, and that's St. Ambrose of Milan. He lived around the same time period as St. John Chrysostom. And here is what he had to say on the sacrament of penance. For those to whom the right binding and loosing has been given, it is plain that either both are allowed, or it is clear that neither is allowed. Both are allowed to the church, neither is allowed to heresy. For this right has been granted to priests only. So once again, we can see here these two saints really understood the sacrament in the same way that the Catholic Church nowadays understands it in regards to binding and loosing, and that that is the normative way that we can have our sins forgiven and is forgiven through the church. Through her right to bind and loose and through the apostolic ministerial priesthood. There are a few different aspects to the sacrament of penance or the sacrament of confession. We call it the sacrament of conversion, we call it the sacrament of confession, and the sacrament of forgiveness. And of course, all this is all uniquely tied together in this particular in this particular sacrament. It just has different aspects to it. A person comes back and confesses his sins to the Lord, and they are converted. They're, they confess their sins to the priest, who is in persona Christi, so they're really confessing their sins to Christ himself. It's also called the sacrament of forgiveness, because the person receives absolution, pardon, and peace from obtaining this sacrament. Now, I want to talk a little bit about sin, because many people today seem to think that sin is a trivial matter. And one particular saint that I am fond of, who was one of the champions of confession, if, if we can say that, was Saint Padre Pio of Pietrocina. Now, we know a lot about Saint Pio. He is a very popular saint. But one thing that he did was hear confession for hours and hours a day. And people would come to him. He had a special gift for reading souls. He could tell if people were lying. And many times people came into the confessional to test him. And he knew exactly what they were doing, and he called them out on it many times. So I wanted to look at a little bit of what St. Pio of Pietrocina had to say about sin and about different types of sin. From and These are examples from people's experiences uh, in their and talking with him and and going to confession with him. So let's take a look at these particular stories here. And we're going to look at some very particular sins that maybe nowadays get overlooked or are seen as being trivial. Now this particular information that I'm going to get on St. Pio is from uh, www.padrepio.catholicwebservices.com and it has a lot of of good writings on St. Pio. And so let's look at some of these examples on what the great saint thought about certain sins. And this will really hopefully awaken us and let us examine ourselves, examine our consciences, and let us realize that we need confession. Most of us need it more than once a year, even though that's what the church uh, prescribes to us as a minimum. But I think when we go through this this small list, we're going to see that all of us need it much more regularly Than we think. One day a man told the great saint Padre Pio the following. He said, Father, I tell lies when I'm with some friends of mine, but I only do it in order to make them everybody happy. And the great Padre Pio said to him, Oh, do you want to go to hell by joking? This might give us all a little caution as to what kind of jokes we tell around the workplace and so forth. And it may also really have us check ourselves before we speak. sometimes we like to to say things uh very quickly without thinking, and a lot of times we regret sometimes the things that we that we say. And this also follows right into the uh, the next uh particular topic of sin that we're going to talk about, and that's gossip now. When a person speaks badly of a friend or anyone, he destroys the reputation and honor uh, of that person. And so we know that gossip is really, uh, can be really bad. Even if we're saying something that is right about that person, unless there's a real reason for us to be doing so that would actually help that person or, or really help somebody else, we really shouldn't be talking about other people. And this just destroys the reputation of others. And sometimes we may not even be correct on what we're talking about that particular person. But be that as it may, one day, St. Padre Pio said to a penitent, when you gossip about a person, it means that you have removed the person from your heart. But be aware, when you remove a man from your heart, Jesus also goes away from your heart with that man. Once Padre Pio was invited to bless a house, and when he reached the entrance to the kitchen he said, there are snakes here, I do not want to go in. And then he said to a priest that often went to the house to eat, he said, don't go to that house because they say unpleasant things about their brothers and sisters. So once again, gossip, and we're all guilty of it, and we really should all pay more attention to what we say about others, and if we do do these things, we should go to confession for them. We shouldn't take these things lightly. Now, another particular sin that we should look at is swearing or profanity. This is something that a lot of people are guilty of doing. Sometimes people say it out of habit. Uh, other people say it, of course, if they get upset or mad, and they it's a spontaneous type reaction. But no, nonetheless, this is a, a very serious sin that a lot of us, I think, don't take seriously. Now, there's a very interesting story about Padre Pio and about a little girl who was possessed. And this really can put swearing into, a, into its proper perspective as to how bad it could really be. Now, there was a, a girl who was possessed by an evil spirit. The child shouted a lot in church. One day when Padre Pio had finished hearing uh, the mother's confessions, he met the child that howled fearfully in front of him. The child was being held back with difficulty by two or three men, and the saint was uh, annoyed by the whole uproar and went over to the child and struck the child's head and said, Stop, enough! And the child fell to the ground as if she was sleeping. Padre Pio told the doctor who was standing there that bring the child to St. Michael, the sanctuary of Mount St. Angelo. Now when the group reached that destination, they entered the cave where St. Michael had appeared there. Uh, The child revived, but nobody succeeded in bringing her near to the altar of the angel. In the midst of the confusion, a monk took the hand of the child and touched the altar. She fell down as if she had been struck by lightning. A few minutes later, she woke up as if nothing had happened. She asked her mother, can can you buy me an ice cream? So she was healed just by touching the altar through the monk. Now at this point, a group of people returned to San Giovanni Rotondo, where the great Saint Pio uh, resided. And Padre Pio told the mother this. He said, say to your husband not to curse anymore, otherwise the demon will return. This is a sobering story and a a story that we should all take to heart, that this is a serious sin to use profanity. So far, we're compiling quite a list and something that many of us fall into, but yet we have very few Catholics going to confession as they should be. Let's continue on with another story. As I said before, this Saint Pio had a great gift for reading souls and for knowing if people were lying or even if people had forgotten something—a serious sin—in the confessional. In, in the 1950, a young doctor went to confess to Saint Pio. He confessed his sins that he uh, he confessed his sins to the saint, and then Saint Pio asked the young doctor if he had other things to add. But the doctor said that he had nothing else. Then Padre Pio told the doctor, "Quote." Keep in mind that on holy days you cannot miss mass because this is a mortal sin. Suddenly the doctor remembered he had jumped mass with a Sunday appointment a few months before. And so this ties back into our first first precept, which is going to mass on holy days of obligation. So this directly ties in. Of course, as I said earlier, all of these precepts are intimately linked together. And if we do not go to confession, and repent of our sinful actions, then when we go to Mass, it doesn't do us any good. Now, in today's society, we have a lot of people who who think that New Age, um, using the Ouija board, tarot cards, all these kind of things are okay. We know the Catholic Church has consistently taught against this, against any kind of magic. And um, so this this, this small story here is a lady who went to confession in 1948. And she said that she had told St. Pio that she was worried about her aunt who read tarot cards. And Padre Pio responded and said, throw that stuff away as soon as you can. Now, if you read any of the exorcist books, a father Mort's book, an exorcism tells a story, or all there's several good books on uh, exorcism, you'll find that tarot cards or um, the Ouija board especially, all these kind of different occult practices, welcome evil spirits, seances, all these kind of things, welcome evil spirits to come in to Uh, allow for demonic oppression, obsession, or even possession. And so this is something that we should all look at and say, okay, have have we engaged in any of these kind of practices? And if we have, then obviously we should go to confession for these things. Now, in today's culture, divorce is something that's a real problem among Catholics. There are many Catholics who married and they were divorced later, never went to see if they were really married. They were never went to see if they could get an annulment, which would determine whether or not their marriage was really valid or not. And in turn, they just ignored that, and they ignored the church, and they went and married other people. And as a, as a, as a consequence, there are now many of them living in mortal sin. St. Pio said very plainly, quote, Divorce is the passport to hell. Now, this is very sobering, very alarming. And this is something that we should all remember when we take our marriage vows if we're going to be married. And once we were married, we need to remember that divorce is not an option. A young lady once went to confession to the great saint she received her penance from St. Pio, and the penance was, you have to immerse yourself in the silence of prayer, and you will save your marriage. The lady was amazed, since she didn't think her marriage had any problems. However, after a long time, her marriage began to experience trouble. However, she was ready to face the problems, and she overcame them, and so avoided the destruction of her family, because she followed the great saint's suggestion. One final sin that I'd like to talk about is the sin of abortion. And this is something that an atrocity that that is it, it spans worldwide. In the United States, you know, we have had millions and millions of innocents murdered. And St. Pio really had some strong words for this particular sin. Because it doesn't just affect one person. It affects themselves who commit the atrocity and, of course, the innocent baby. And it also affects the entire church and society in general. Now, Padre Pio said this in regards to abortion. He said, the day in which people frightened by the economic boom from physical damages or from economic sacrifices, will lose the horror of abortion. It will be the most terrible day for humanity. He said, abortion is not only homicide, but also suicide. With these people, we see on the point of committing two crimes. Do we want to show our faith? Do we want to save them? One of his fellow priests asked him, why suicide? He said, you would understand the suicide of the human race if with the eye of reason you can see the heart populated by old men and depopulated by children burnt as a desert. And so Padre Pios, of course, he, he lived in the 50s and 60s. He knew that times were getting tough. He knew that abortion was becoming increasingly uh, accepted. And the mentality was, was going in that direction. And he said it will be a most horrible day uh, for humanity when we lose the horror of abortion. And this is exactly what has happened in our culture. We've lost the horror of abortion. And indeed, it is a terrible day for humanity. And the great saint equates, it to, equates, equates abortion as being almost two sins, homicide and suicide. Because basically, it is the destruction of our society. It is the suicide of humanity to kill the young. And what we're going to see, as we see in Europe, is we're going to see increasingly that the population is going to decline. And with that will be the destruction of society. And of course, we see other cultures, such as the uh, Muslim cultures, uh, the Muslim people are having many, many children, and we're going to see these uh, European countries basically taken over by default without even a fight because we're uh, we're murdering our young. Now, one final topic to look at is the issue of contraception. This is a problem that we have in the Catholic Church today: is that many people don't want to listen to what the Catholic Church teaches. The Catholic Church has one definitive teaching on artificial contraception. Now, natural family planning is is, uh, permitted under certain circumstances, but this is in itself not a contraceptive act. The Church teaches that every action which, whether in anticipation of the conjugal act or in its accomplishment or in the development of its natural consequences, proposes whether as an end or as a means to render procreation impossible is intrinsically evil so whenever somebody uses a condom or any kind of artificial means to try and prevent the procreative aspect of the conjugal act it is intrinsically evil that is period that that's there's no, no nothing to dispute here there's nothing Um, that we can bring against the church to get this uh, changed. It's not up for debate. This is an absolute teaching by the church. And I'm going to do a a particular podcast on this one particular issue because I think many people misunderstand or they don't want to understand or they listen to people who don't want to obey the church. And so people oftentimes go and look for someone who agrees with them, and that is what they'll listen to. So many people who are married use artificial contraception, and they go and look for a heretical priest or bishop who will side with them. Yet it is not an individual priest or bishop that determines doctrine. And so the Catholic Church, I can assure you, is very clear in her official documents and in her official teachings that artificial contraception Anything outside, of, anything outside of natural family planning is intrinsically evil and prohibited by the Catholic Church. That means that if we're using contraception, we're in a state of mortal sin. And this means if we die in this unrepentant state, we will receive eternal damnation. So this is very important and something that is often neglected in these times. And like I said, I will do a podcast on contraception and on the official teaching of the church, and I will demonstrate that it is a definitive teaching of the church that will never be changed. And we are obliged, all of us, to follow this teaching. And so this brings us to our conclusion here on the topic of confession. Holy Mother Church prescribes for us, the faithful, to go to confession at least once a year Most of us are going to need it much more often than once a year. And so it would behoove us all to listen to the church. Once again, the church doesn't do these things just to make up rules for us to follow. It does makes up it comes up with these teachings. A, they're teachings that are from God. B, God knows what's best for us. And so so does the church. And the church wants to save souls. The church is here to save souls. So the church is going to do everything that it can to teach the correct doctrine, but it's going to be up to us to follow them. In other words, the church can't come down and enforce every single person to obey her teachings. It's up to us, the faithful, to, to obey and to do what God commands us to do through the church. The sacrament of penance is something that was given to us by Christ. He gave the apostles the authority to bind and loose. We see all the early church fathers talking about this. Uh, We looked at St. John Chrysostom and St. Ambrose of Milan, and we we saw how they also agree with this interpretation of these scripture passages. And we can see how there are many sins nowadays that we don't consider to be that bad, which are bad. And so we don't want to be desensitized to sin, we want to you, do an examination of conscience daily before we go to bed and confess make an act of contrition to our Lord if we've committed any offenses against him and then we should go to confession and we should confess any grave sins and once a year even if we haven't even if we haven't committed a grave sin, the church tells us to go to confession once a year anyway, usually during the tradition is during Easter time is when the church prescribes for us to go at least once a year. Now, if we have Catholics out there who haven't gone to confession, a lot of people are afraid of confession. And one thing, I'm a convert uh, to Catholicism, and I never had an issue with going to confession. It never bothered me, never scared me. I just never had um, I never worried about it. And I understand that some people may have had uh, bad experiences um, or may have had priests that were abrasive in the confessional or or so on and so forth. But we really have nothing to worry about because we're confessing to God, to God himself. And the priest sits in persona Christi, in, in the place of Christ. And so we should not worry about going to confession. And I highly encourage anyone who listens to this podcast to take some time and to really consider the Catholic Church's teaching on this matter. And don't let it go. Don't go two, three, four years without going to confession. In fact, uh, once a month is a really good practice to to do. And um, and to really, so we don't forget. I mean, if we go a whole year without confessing, we're gonna forget a lot of stuff. And we don't want to have to go to confession. Uh, A lot of people are already uh, worried about it or or they're, they're nervous and there's no need for someone to have to go sit down and go through a whole year and try to remember everything that you have done that uh, was a sinful act. And uh, so it's a good practice to go once a year to really sit down and reflect on our lives and go to confession. And if we do this often enough, we will become deified. We'll become more like Christ. And that's what Christ wants from us. He wants to change us. He doesn't want to leave us the way we are. As, they, as the old saying goes, uh, Christ loves us as we are, but he doesn't want to leave us that way. He wants to change us and make us more like him. And so this is what the Church prescribes for us. And if there are certain sins uh, that we struggle with, then we should go more often and, and have a real sincere, repentant heart to overcome this sin. And it may take many, many times of going and confessing the same sin to overcome it, but as long as we have the clear intention that we'll never do the sin again, that we hate the sin, and that we're sorry for the sin, then we don't have anything to worry about. This is this is what the church wants us to do. The church is like a hospital for the soul. And before I go, I want to talk about making a good confession. This is important because a lot of people don't uh, they don't go to the confession with these these the right mindset. And so we we want people to go to confession. The church tells us that there are several things that need to be. Um, that we have to have a disposition for in order to make a good confession. One is examination of conscience. That means we need to sit down and reflect, look at our lives and see where we've committed sins. Number two, we have to have a sorrow for offending God. In other words, we're actually sorry for offending our Lord. We have to have this this sorrow. And, And that's why so many of the early church writers talk about praying for sorrow, praying for tears, praying that we be sorry for our sins. Number three, we have to have a resolution for sinning no more. In other words, we have to want never to commit that sin again. So when we go to confession and we uh, confess a certain or particular sin, we confess that sin not just to, okay, I'm done with it, maybe I'll do it later, or uh, you know, we have to go and say, no, we're never going to commit this sin again, and we have to resolve not to do that. Number four, we have to confess our sins um, to a priest, just as we looked at uh, St. John Chrysostom, who also said the same thing. And number five, we have to have satisfaction or penance, which is what the church, uh, the priest usually gives us, or always gives us, or should give us after making a confession, which is usually some act of prayer, or if we've stolen something to go and return that particular thing which we've stolen. In, in in an effort to make reparation for our sin of course Christ forgives us through the sacrament but it's always important to try to make reparation for the bad things that you've done it's not that we ourselves are working our way to heaven as many protestants try to falsely claim no the whole idea is that our heart is turned back towards Christ and we if we've stolen something for example how could you, could you confess the sin and be sorry for it, and then keep the thing that you've stolen? No, you would make reparation for that, satisfaction for that. So you would go back to the store, and you would return it. And if, and if uh, or, or whatever happened, you would, you would make reparation for that. Many times it's just to go and to pray. So those particular five things need to be in order. You have examination of conscience. You know your sin. Uh, you have knowledge of your sin. Uh, you're sorry for it. Uh, you resolve not to do it again, you go to the priest and you confess it, and then you do your penance. And so these things are the proper order and proper uh, proper means to, for us to make a good confession. And so I thank you very much for tuning in, and I hope this, uh, this podcast has uh, given you a little bit of knowledge on the second precept of the church, which is to confess your sins at least once a year. Thanks a lot for checking out the Catholic Champion podcast. Check out catholicchampion.com and catholicchampion.blogspot.com for more Catholic resources. We have links to other Catholic blogs, Catholic articles. We have uh, sermons from the Priestly Fraternity of St. Peter from down here in Florida posted on our Catholic Champion website and Catholic news, uh, links to Catholic news sites and so forth. So uh, check those websites out. They're great resources. I'm trying to keep them updated as, as, as much as I can. I'm trying to add and give you access to good Catholic uh, articles and resources and websites and so forth. Thank you very much. and God bless and keep you always.